Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You're listening to Pause I Am Radio. everyone and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host Robert Brining. This evening I am joined by Jeremy Dunn. Hello Jeremy. Hello, are we on the air? We are on the air. Um, I apologize for the technical difficulties everyone. Uh, We had some issues with Blog Talk Radio and it seems to be fixed so we're just starting the show a little bit late. Uh, We'll still be here for an hour so you didn't miss anything, we're here. So Jeremy, how are you? Are we on the air? We are on the air. Okay. Hi, everybody. How is everyone? Oh, they're not talking <laughs> back to me. Sorry. No, I'm great, actually. I, I'm, I'm just absolutely fantastic. I, um, we have a great guest coming on tonight. And, but the first, you know, there, I, just, I, I, I keep thinking about uh, and, and going back to our time together, Robert, at the IAC and thinking how much I miss seeing everyone and um, and I'm I just I keep thinking about it and going, wow! Think about what we can do in our own communities when we can take back um, a lot of that uh, a lot of that same information and apply it. And that you know that's what we have to do. We really have to um, we really have to work in our in our very own communities to make it happen. Yeah, I think so that's I'm extremely just, important. Oh, I do too. I, I, it's so important. It's so important. So, how was your week? My week has been uh, good. It's it's been very good. Um, you know, a lot of things going on in, in my personal life, but other than that, you know, things are going good. I've uh, trying to get back into swing of it, and you know, trying to do that. You know, so we talked a little bit about. Uh, you mentioned IAC, which is the International AIDS Conference. So, um, if you didn't actually go to or, or attend the conference, or maybe you did, and you want to. Uh, get our recap show we did last week with our friend Aaron Laxton. Um, you know, there's a couple episodes we did live from the show, one with Mondo, one with Daniel Bauer, and uh, one from Dr. Oh, God, um, Salco from JustGetTested.com. Yes. Um, they were live from the conference, and they're amazing. So if you, you weren't there or you were there and you missed the show, uh, go back and check it out, and you can find out what the conference was all about and what actually um, myself, Jeremy, and Aaron Laxton got out of the conference, um, and that was uh, last week's show. So uh, tonight we have a wonderful guest on who will be calling in a little bit. Um, So I'm excited to speak to Maria. We actually got to meet her for the first time in person while we were there in the Global Village. Wow. I I know. And wasn't it kind of fun to see her? Yeah, and And she's she's even more beautiful in person. (laughs) <laughs> she's so and she's so tiny and and but she's she's like this little ball of energy and she's got you know and she's she's so amazing I I just love it. the the one word I can describe her is effervescent I, I yeah I, I just 
Well, no, no. Actually, I have to tell you why I'm saying effervescent is because that was on my count, my word of the day in my dictionary. So I had to use it in a sentence. So thank you, thank you, everybody. <laughs> I used it in a sentence today. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about before our guest uh, calls into the show in a couple minutes is, you know, last week we had Aaron on and um, we we spoke about this briefly at the end of the show because it kind of I totally forgot. And I kind of wanted to bring more attention to it. Um, if you were at the conference or at during the march, you may you probably saw Aaron's sign. If you didn't see Aaron himself, you saw his sign, which read "I am HIV positive." It was big and red. You couldn't miss it. It was in every photo that I saw from the conference. Um, and he actually started a campaign, which uh, Jeremy and I are helping him out with, and I believe another gentleman by the name of Nick. Um, and if you go on Facebook and search "I am HIV positive," it'll bring up a page. And what we're doing is we're asking people to upload photos of themselves holding a sign that says they're HIV positive. And, you know, this is a great way for us to end stigma um, by coming out as people living with HIV and showing our faces and not hiding. Um, I think that's really important. So if you are on Facebook, I want you to go check it out. I am HIV positive is, is what you'll do um, in the search, and, you, and it'll come right up. It's, we'll put links in the chat room, too, in a little bit. But it's an awesome campaign, and I am so happy to be a part of it. Oh, you know, I am too. Um, and sorry, I, I'm I, I am getting like messaged from like 17 different places. This is why I, I you know, it, anyway, yes, I am pos I am HIV positive is a wonderful um, campaign because we want people to get you know ease up on the stigma. So in the in the easiest way that we can do that is for those of us who are HIV positive to actually stand up and say so. And, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, and if you're not HIV positive, to be an, a positive ally, if you will, and to stand up and, and, and hold your, your positive brothers and sisters together and, and say, you know what, we're here and we're supportive and, you know, HIV is still prevalent. I have to tell you, I... Um, I received, uh, or I went to dinner with a friend uh, this past Thursday who just found out that he uh, was infected on on Monday. Mm. So, um, so people are continuing to be diagnosed, and uh, and it's 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 difficult, and it's and it's so hard to understand. You know, those of you who are not. Uh, positive to understand what it's like to get that diagnosis into. So I went to dinner with him, and he had all kinds of great questions. And you know, I'm going to make myself available to him, you know, as much as I can. Right. Um, I yeah, think it's you important. Know, so, and and that's and that's why I think, and, and that's what's so great about the I Am Positive campaign, and that's what's so great about um, us doing the show. You know, we can stand up and um, talk about it. Right. So I just want to talk um, a little bit to actually the campaign I'm reading from the page itself. And what we want you to do is we want you to post a photo of you holding a sign if you're HIV positive that says I am HIV positive. Or if you're HIV negative, you can post a sign that says I am HIV negative and an ally of those that are HIV positive. And we want you to do it in front of a landmark or with friends or family. You know, and this is, like we said, it's a way for us to end stigma and to show people that HIV is real and, and it's, an effect, it's infecting everyday people like ourselves. So the, the, the page itself has been up for a week. 
I think it was launched on July 29th, and right now we have 203 likes. So go to the page and like it. You don't have to be positive to like the page. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, we are your sons, your daughters, your husbands, your wives, um, your doctors, your lawyers, your cops, your, you know, uh, military personnel. We're all over the place. And we share one thing in common, and that's this virus. And it's so important that um, that we do talk about it and that we do show that, you know, the virus isn't going to um, take us away, you know, unless right. we allow it to. So kudos for Aaron for creating this and, and allowing us to be a part of it. It's an amazing thing. So if you don't like it, you better go like it. <laughs> you know, we have tons of fans on Facebook, and I think that, you know, people should go like this page. It's important for us to, to break down the stigma. Uh, and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about um, with Maria when she comes on um, is, is, is stigma because it's something that when I was speaking to her a little earlier today, it's something that she faces as being an out and proud HIV positive lesbian. You know what I mean? People think that lesbians don't have HIV or it's not something a lesbian can get. So I want her to come on and share that point of view because she deals with a different kind of stigma than me or you or another, you know, a gay male would deal with. Oh, Absolutely. Because she's she's an out lesbian, she's HIV positive, and she's Hispanic, Colombian. So, well, that's Hispanic, dear. I'm just saying. <laughs> she happens to be from Colombia, but she's also Hispanic. <laughs> so, right. I, so that's important. Yes, yeah, you're funny. You were so funny. <laughs> but uh, oh gosh. So, in where is Colombia? Colombia is in South America. I know where it is. Thank you very much. Very I'm very good, good ge- geography. I'm very good with like states and, and not states, but like countries and maps and things like that. I'm really good with flags, actually. So it's funny oh, really? yesterday we were watching the Olympics and my sister's like, or my niece was like, oh, that's the United States. And I was like, no, that's Malaysia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it looks similar, but no, it's not, you know, but it was cute. Um, if you're listening for the first time, another thing I would like to talk about is uh, you may not be familiar with this. It's a part of the radio show. We also run a social network for people living with HIV and AIDS, and it's a place where you define support and, and to meet other people living with the disease. A lot of times when we're newly diagnosed, the medical, um, the medical talk, the science, you know, all that stuff kind of is, is too much for us to handle, and we just want to speak to somebody on, 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 on a normal human level and just hear stories and, and read things that we're going to be okay. So we created the, the social network. If you go to posim.com, you can join. We have over 2,000 members, approaching 3,000, and we just share stories. And there's hot topics where we talk about meds and side effects and dating and, you know, disclosure and things like that. So it has all those things that you're questioning in the beginning because in the beginning you're not thinking about science. You're thinking about the real-life situations. You're thinking about am I going to be fall in love again? Is anybody going to love me? Is this know if medication is going to work. And, and if you join the Positive Social Network, you'll be able to find information and connect with real people who want to talk about living with disease and inspire others. So uh, you can check that out at POSIM.com. Exactly. Get your dose of hope. Get your dose of hope, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, it might be um, Maria. I'm not sure. So I'm just going to bring this caller on and say, hello, who's this? Hello, Hello, you're on the air. (laughs) All right, I'm going to say it's not Maria. (laughs) I guess it's not Maria. No, no, no. How do you solve a problem Um, like Maria? 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> Every time you saw her, you said you sang that. I know. It was either that or Maria. Maria. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I love that song, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria, because that's from The Sound of Music, and, which is one of my favorite shows. But not just the stage play, but the movie itself. The movie itself is so wonderful. And they, and they changed it around a little bit from the, the actual theatrical production to, um, to the movie. But I digress. That's neither here nor there. So, um, so I want to um, give somebody – I want to tell our listeners a little bit of news, if, if you don't mind. So, um, so a little personal news. Um, yours truly, Jeremy – is uh, relocating from Charlotte, North Carolina, um, to New York City at the end of August. So um, it's a really big, big move for me. So I'm I'm very excited, and uh, there's a lot to be done between now and then. So um, the on September 2nd, when we have the our first September show, I'm going to be doing it live from New York. Oh, wow! Yeah. That's yeah, exciting. It's Are you exciting. excited? I oh my gosh, I'm thrilled. You know, I'm 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 very excited because you know New York really is the center of the universe, and and I have to say that New York has is in my has always been my one true love. You know, I will fight Carrie Bradshaw over New York. I I absolutely I will cut that bitch. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh, New York is is so it, it's it's just it's teeming with with people and, and and stuff and and I'm excited to dig my um to roll my sleeves up and get involved with the HIV community there and and um and and, and continue doing this work and and making it even bigger than it already is so I'm excited I'm excited about that I'm I'm a little scared. You know, too, because it's a big, daunting move. I mean, and Charlie's dog is coming with me. I'm so excited. So, um, so uh, uh, that's that, that's the big news. That's that's the big. So, well, I, I hope that all works out for you. You know, it, it is exciting that you're going to go up there and, and and do that. And and you know, I I think it's awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah, I I'm I'm just I love New York. You know, as 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 cheesy as that as that statement is, I mean, the, the city is so great they named it twice. You know, <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, you know, one of the other things I wanted to uh, mention um, was Friday night. Actually, I uh, called into uh, the television show called Talking About. It's based actually in New York, Jeremy, and um, uh, they wanted me to call in and talk a little bit about the International AIDS Conference and and what that was like for me going for the, you know for the first time and, and stuff like that so their audience had uh, some sort of a, a visual of what it was like in case they didn't go and um, it was awesome um, me, me being able to call in and talk to them and when I come up there in September um, for a couple of days to uh, work on some some work uh, up there um, they're actually going to. Uh, have me back on, and, and I'm going to have you come on with me, and we'll oh, be able to do the show together so we could talk Wouldn't about the radio great? show and, and get out there. And I think it would be great to have you on because, you know, by myself, I get a little flustered. So I think having you with me, it'll kind of balance it out kind of just like the radio show. Uh, I think that would be wonderful. I think that would be great. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, totally. I, I so we're waiting I, for Maria to call into the show now. Um, we do have a caller. 
but I think there, it's not Maria. So let me try to see if I can bring this caller on one more time. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hi, who's this? Okay, I'm going to just say that they don't want to talk to us. <laughs> Whoever it is is just listening. So um, we're waiting for Maria. Let me play um, a little uh, commercial um, while we wait for Maria to call into the show, and we will All be right, right back. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And there we have it. What's, right What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org. All right, and we are back now, and we are live with Maria Mejia. Maria, are you there? Hi, Robert. Who are you? Good. How are you, honey? I'm doing good. I've been trying to call for the past five minutes, but somehow, I don't know, my cell phone wasn't going through, and I was like, oh, my God, and then I realized I added one more number. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We won't hold it against you. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I hate to be late. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> How are you guys doing? We're doing great. You know what, Maria? I loved meeting you in person. Getting oh that God, big hug life. from you was awesome. To me, you know what? The feeling is so mutual. I felt so connected to you guys because we've, you know, we've known each other through the internet, through Facebook, you know, through Twitter for a you know, pretty long time, but it's nothing like that physical. That yeah, love, that that you know, yeah. that exchanging energies. You know, like that finally looking at that other person in their eyes and just feeling their energy. And to me, it was something that I will never forget. It was really special. It really was, and and just being able to hang out with you a little bit, even outside of the conference, was was just an honor and a privilege. So. Yes, I know. It was it was just it was just awesome. Awesome. And and the good thing is that sometimes I mean we, we kinda get to know um through media, which is yep. what we do. Yep. You know, we, we kinda get to know the person by what they write or through their video logs and everything. But to have that finally that one on one or that, you know, physically in actually seeing that person and seeing how they are in person and everything is just like a, it's it, everything to me went like on a full circle. Yeah, I, I you're like, absolutely so, right. Oh yeah, that that conference was to me one of those. Like I'm gonna be 40 next year, and um, it was really? one of the most, yes. I'm gonna be wow. <laughs> I'll be four, oh, next year, April 11th, I'll be 40, and um, 
I could really say that the that this conference to me is up there with one of the best memories I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I yeah, think I it was too. I think the other memories are gonna be great. Yes. Yeah, I think going there, Maria, and like like Jeremy said, you know, I want to echo that. Like meeting you was definitely one of the highlights of my of my international AIDS conference experience because you were somebody who I wanted to meet for so long when we went to other conferences and it just didn't happen because either you didn't I come know. or I wasn't there. So to actually put our arms around you and hug you for the first time, it was just so comforting. Um, and 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 I just I think you're amazing what you do. You do things. You're what you're doing are is something that I can't do, and I appreciate what you do so much because I'm not able to do it. <laughs> no, but all of us, all of us do it. All of us do it in our own way. You know, the thing with me is that I try to like um I guess with that you know dual Spanish and English and. You know, having people, like, I try to connect everyone, you know, like, people that don't know how to speak English, I try to connect them to the ones that do speak English, and I'm like, you know, I use Google Translator and try to just connect each other from all over the world, and and it's just, I believe, like, everyone has, like, their own method, you know what I mean? But everybody is so important for this cause to me. I agree, and, um, you know, it's kind of when we were at the conference, Aaron kept saying that, you know, what makes everything so great is everybody does their own thing, and it's different from everybody else. Like what one person does, you you know, typically the other person doesn't do. So I think that all right. of us together, we put that puzzle together, and we really, you know, help put an end to stigma. So I want to talk you know, a little bit about your story um, for people who may not be familiar with your story. Right. Um, can you all take right. us back to um, when you were diagnosed, and, and and what made you go get tested for HIV? How how did all that come about for you? Oh, okay. Well, um, basically, I have to go as always way back to the beginning because I believe that um, everything has a consequence in life, and um, one of the consequences of me, at least I believe, of being HIV positive was my the environment that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, my first memory, um, um, which is something that really has affected me uh, until, you know, you know, until you know what, can now. I, can I, you on, can I just stop you for one second? We're getting, I'm getting a lot I'm getting, of feedback. I'm hearing, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I feel, I hear myself, like, the whole, is, do you think I could do something? Should I call in again? Is is your rate, do you have the speakers on at all, or? No, I'm in the living room, and I don't even have the computer in front of me. Oh, okay. Okay, but now I, now it's fine. Actually, now I I don't hear myself. I mean, I hear me talking, but I don't hear myself double. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's keep moving on. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so basically, um, I didn't um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were saying that you were getting feedback. Yeah, I think it's better now. Okay, perfect. Um, all right, so basically um, everything to me and, and what I believe in starts with um, your childhood. And uh, my first memory was um, me being sexually molested at the age of three. I have memory of that um, by an uncle. Um, I'm not going to mention his name for what, you know. But it was a right. family member, um, and um, I was a baby, you know, and I have memory of that, as I said. And um, I also grew up in a very, um, very unstable, unbalanced uh, 
upbringing, like my, I came from a very ultra conservative Catholic um, family. My father was like uh, the typical Latino um, male chauvinist. You know, he was very abusive to my mother and I mentally and verbally. I mean, very extremely. And um, even though I have forgiven my father, he's 82 years old. I made peace with him. He's, you know, I actually pity him because he's very alone and sick right now. And um, I would be there if he needs me. And he knows that. He was just um, raised without love, so he didn't know how to give love. Forgiveness is very important, by the way, for us. Um, Mm -hmm. Or for anyone, actually. Because it, it helps us heal our spirit. So, basically... Um, you know, uh, I ran away from home at the age of 13 because I couldn't take the, you know, the screams, the insults, you know, my father calling me a, a whore since I was six years old and telling me I was on nothing and that I was never going to be nothing, I was never going to amount to nothing. These are things that were instilled in me since I was a little girl. So, um, as, I mean, I had the lowest self-esteem that you could think of. I mean, I did not love myself, and I was a very angry young kid. So I ran away from home at the age of 13 to the streets. Um, in the streets, um, I was a juvenile delinquent. I got, I, I joined the gang because I wanted, like, a family and I wanted protection. And um, uh-huh. uh, the leader of the gang was the person that infected me. He was my first boyfriend, and he was experimenting with IV drug use, and I didn't know. So basically, you know, I was in and out of youth hall, which is, you know, jail for, for young people. I was a delinquent, you know, I was full of hate. I was put in the foster care system, as I said, a bunch of times kicked out of there because I was considered a bad influence to the other young kids. And um, I was just someone that, as a child and as a, as a preteen and as a teenager, I just didn't love myself and I just hated everything and I just wanted to go against everything and... Basically, being in that gang, I found protection. I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, of course, my he was like, I thought, my first love or whatever. And um, But I guess I was looking for that daddy love, which I didn't have for my own father. And um, this led me to have unprotected sex. I mean, back then, um, this was 1989, Back then, I did know about, you know, HIV, what I saw on TV, but it was pretty much known as a gay man's disease or for prostitutes. You know, the same myths are going on to this day, believe it or not. So, I mean, I knew it existed, but I always, I never thought it could happen to me. So a couple of years right. passed. Yeah, a couple of years passed, and um, I decided to return back to my uh, home, back my mother and my little brother. My father was no longer at home, and I wanted to straighten out my life, so I went to Kentucky to a place called Job Corps, which actually um, I I commend Job Corps because they tested every teenager that went in for everything, for pregnancy, for HIV, for everything, you know, all just normal blood work, and um I, that's how I found out I was positive through a random test. I mean, the doctor that told me I was positive did not prepare me. He just sat me down and told me, you have AIDS. And this happened one week after my 18th birthday. So and what year was this? This was in 1991. So it was like a dead sentence. I was So when he told you that, Maria, what was, what was your reaction? Because if he just sat you down and really didn't prepare you, and I'm sure he wasn't really soft nothing. or gentle with the news, he was what not was your reaction? Nothing. I was... 
let me tell you, um, as a tester, I have seen people react in all types of ways. I could tell you that I did not cry. I did not get angry. I did not become suicidal or anything like that. The only thing I was, I went and I was shocked. I went into, I was numb. The only thing I remember is seeing my whole life pass in front of me and thinking to myself, I am never going to get married. I am never going to have children. My life is over. I want to go back home to die because that's what people were doing. They were they were dying. I mean, that's you didn't really see people like what's going on right now with newly diagnosed people now or recently. The only thing that was available was AZT, and it wasn't really high dosages. And I mean, what I was you know saying about job court that I commend them right now to this day because of what's going on with the Hershey School that they didn't accept that little boy to you know to go to the school because it was like a boarding type of school. Job court is the same way. And they gave me an option to stay. They told me, Maria, if you want to stay, there's another kid that has HIV here. You are more more than welcome to stay. I'm the one that chose to leave because I wanted to go home and die next to my family members. Right. You know? So basically I returned back to Miami. I remember my mom, which, you know, to this day has been my rock. Um, she told me, you're not going to die from this. She has never cried, by the way, in front of me. If she has, she has done it where I haven't seen it. And it's, a, it's better that way because that will, I, that will, I think, devastate me. She has always been my rock, and she just pretty much told me that, she, that we have to just, like, since she's so spiritual and, you know, Catholic, she said we're going to turn put this in God's hands and you just, you know, be... Try to live the healthiest that you can live, you know, um, everything natural, you know, vegetarian food, exercise, you know, and um, a lot of things in me. Actually, finding out that I was positive kind of changed me and my spirituality because I became, I tra- it transformed me from that hateful teenager or that, that person that was so angry inside to someone that was... Um, at least loved herself more because as the years passed, of course, like with many, I saw I wasn't dying, even though I wasn't taking my medication for the first 10 years. And um, I think one of my biggest transformations came because we decided to return back to my country, which is Colombia, and I took I was the caregiver of my two grandparents until they died. I mean, when I say caregiver, I mean it in, in every way. Not only as company, but I'm the one that changed, like, their diapers, you know, shaved my grandfather, put makeup and creams on my grandmother, put tango music, which was their music, and made their last days very, very happy. And they were like my children, so I couldn't have children, but I saw them as my children. And um, that's when I said to myself, you know something, by helping others, I feel really good about myself. And I think that's when my activism started, too. Or, or, or at least preparing me because I've been in, I've been an activist for around 11 years, just not so out there like I am right now. You know, more in smaller settings like here in Miami and stuff like that, and um, a couple of years in, in Colombia. But you know, being positive, being popular, transforming me into a better, you know, better woman, um, better young lady, and. Um, and seeing I wasn't dying, and, you know, even though we didn't have information in Colombia, there was not even a viral load test. There was no medicine over there. 
nothing. Because at least here in the United States, they had AZT, but over there, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I work with the medical um, student, um, like the medical doctors, their library, and I would get all the books of medicine and things that I could get my hands on about HIV and not just about illnesses in general and just I became really OCD on that and started being very proactive and reading and researching everything. And all of these things helped me for what I'm doing now. You know, it was like a process because it's like cycles that you go through. You know, the, the denial, the thinking you were going to die, you know, then becoming, you know, accepting it and then making the best out of it, you know. That's life. You know, one well, of the things that you met. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, no, I was just going to say um, that that's all there is to, right? It's it's life, you know, and we have to listen to the universe and what it's telling us, and, and we have to move forward. And, and I think mm-hmm. y- you handle all of this with such grace. Oh, thank you. I mean, I try. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not the best person in the world. I have to, you know, as I, as I grow older, I, I evolve especially spiritually, which is the most important thing for me. But um, I am becoming a better person, and it's something that I'm not boasting about it, but I'm proud of it because, you know, I used to be a little worm. I used to be a nothing, and I became something. And I am somebody. And that worm became a butterfly, and that's how I describe myself. I'm a butterfly. And everyone can be a butterfly, no matter what Mm -hmm. mud or what past you have. No matter what you have been through, there is always that light, you know. So, Maria, one of the things that you uh, talked about a little earlier is that you didn't start meds for 10 years. Was that something that you did right. by choice, or was yes. that something that the doctor recommended? Or No. Actually, um, when I returned from Job Corp in Kentucky to back to Miami, I immediately, um, they... They told me to go to a case manager, which actually I still keep in contact to this day, and I, and she remembers me, and I remember her, and we saw each other recently, and she remembers that teenager going in with sneakers like a tomboy, <laughs> and to see the woman that's so different now, but she remembers me, and I remember her with a lot of love. Um, they, they, you know, referred me to her, and they referred me to a doctor that basically wanted me to sign a waiver saying that this could damage my internal organs, which was ACT. And I said, hell no. First of all, I was very rebellious as a teenager, so I felt healthy. And I was thinking, I don't want nothing to damage my organs. You know, I don't know if it was the rebellious side or it was, I guess, a sixth sense that I had, or I just followed my gut instinct. Something told me, don't take that, Maria. And I don't recommend this to anyone. This was a long time ago. It's not like the medication that's available now. But I decided that I was not going to take it by choice. But it was my decision. I don't go out there and tell everyone, you know, wait 10 years, 20 years until you get sick. Because the truth is that when I went back to Colombia, I started, you know, like as my mom put a health food store and a vegetarian restaurant. I started doing everything you could think of, holistic treatments, um, uh, I even drank my own urine for three months, which was supposedly a, a urine therapy, and this was a Japanese type of thing they call the fountain of life. And you know, when you're when you're in a position where you, you know you don't have no medication, 
even though it was by choice, you will pretty much kind of like take anything to live because you want to live, you know. If you want to try things, I I mean, I took uh, duck embryos. I mean, anything you could think of. You you did. Wait, 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 wait. What embryos? (laughs) Duck embryos. (laughs) <laughs> they're called they're called embriones de pato. They're duck embryos, and they're really expensive. They're Canadian duck embryos. So I would take that with milk, you know, with soy milk every morning. Uh, so, no, so, and it was so nasty I, as hell. So, so hold on. <laughs> why did Why did you just go get some almost fertilized eggs and just crack them open? Well, because the thing is that this company, because this is something that was like approved by the FDA, but not FDA from the United States. It's called Invima in Colombia. This was something that um, had studies, and, and they were like highly concentrated, um, uh, like uh, cellular embryos with amniotic fluid, which has all the immune system and all of these things. I mean, it was a really expensive treatment, believe it. I mean, back then that was like three, and this was like, oh, my God, like what? Let's say twenty years ago, and um, and it was like three hundred dollars, and and this was in Colombia. So you have to think. I mean, they don't win. You, you don't, you know, get dollars over there. You get pesos. It costs like right. three hundred dollars a month just to take that embryo thing. But I would do it, you know, through my mom's store, and of course she would have, you know, she wouldn't pay the price price of the three hundred dollars, but it still was expensive, you know. You know, I, I think, think all of these things has has or it did keep me physically looking good and healthy for those ten years because to tell you the truth, I've never had a pneumonia. You know, I've never been <laughs> right. hospitalized for anything. But after ten years, my T cells went down to thirty nine, and I developed cancer in my uterus. And that's when I said it's time to go back to the U.S. because you know the medicine and and just treatment overall for HIV patients is better here. Right. And I said, you know, I had to make the decision. I told my mom, even though it hurt me with all my heart, I said, you know, and, and she she agreed, you know, it's time. And, um, of course, when I came over here, they retested me because I have a, an uncle that's a doctor in Columbia, so he would monitor my T-cells because there was not even viral load back in those days. Right. So, um he would monitor my T cells and stuff, so he would, you know, he started seeing a de- decline in the percentage and everything. So, um, no, I think that's awesome, Mom. Real, real quick, Marie, I want to, um, yeah. I want to open up the phone lines and allow people to call in. If you are listening and you would like to call in and speak to Marie or have a question or a comment uh, for us, you can call us at three four seven two one five nine four four two and press the one button so we know that you're not just listening and you actually want to speak with us on air. Maria, tell us about some of the stigma that you face as being an HIV-positive lesbian. How does, because I know that's different from what, like, me and Jeremy uh, will face. So what is it that you get from people that is kind of stigmatizing? Oh, my God. I still was going through that today. And I haven't, not only today, I have been going through it really hardcore for the last three days. I don't know if it's because of the Chick-fil-A thing or whatever, restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I get really nasty comments. But I know as a public person, we're we're going to get that. I mean, I have people that see some of my videos and they come across my video about being a lesbian and they're like, 
Here you have you feeling so sorry for you and you're a lesbian. You've got what you deserve. I hope you die. I hope your cor- corpse rots and it's hell and this and that. You know, and, and those things, I let them slide. I'm like, you know what, they're ignorant, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like lately it has been getting really, really bad. <clears throat> and I don't know if it's that I'm being more sensitive or more susceptible or what the hell is going on, but like today, you know, I actually, since I'm in media so much, um, let's say in my Facebook, I, I pretty much, you know, made some posts about that I wanted to delete some people um, from my Facebook to give give new people that I want to add a chance that I interact with, and you know I have I have you know quite a bit of followers or people that are my friends. I want I want them there, and um, a lot of people just came out saying you know I'm very uncomfortable with your lifestyle, or I have people telling me you know you're doing so beautiful you know like like God's work and you're tainting it with your lifestyle. Like, they tell me, and, they, you know, they just pound me with it. And, they, and then I told Lisa today, you know what, which is she's my partner of five years. I said, you know what, Lisa, now I understand what you were trying to tell me. You know, we have been together for, for five years. And um, until today, I mean, I, kind of, I had the concept of what being discriminated and stigmatized was, but I, I said to her, because I only came out eight years ago, really. And and was okay with my own sexuality, you know. Because remember, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't even think you're gay. I think it's because you're a sexual abuse when you were a little girl. You know, everybody has an opinion of why I right. am or or that I should marry a man or that I should be with a man. Or they tell me, you're with a woman, and they laugh at me. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you know, they laugh it off or they make it a sexual thing. And it's not about none of those things. At least it could have came as a male. And I would have, I fell in love with her spirit, with her soul. So you right. see, I'm not less than anyone because of the lifestyle that I choose. And I find it very, very hurtful for me that a lot of these people that are judging me and condemning me and, and stigmatizing me, they they want me to fight against stigma because they're HIV positive. They want me to go ahead and show my face and put my face everywhere, you know, because they feel and they back my cause 100%, my HIV cause, but Mm -hmm. they're uncomfortable with my lifestyle. Some of them came out and told me today, oh, I still love you, but, you know, like the other day, I had one person from, um, I believe he was from Saudi Arabia, but, you know, because I have friends from all over the world. And he's like, I love right. you so much, sister. I love you so much, but, you know, I hate homos. I said, wait a minute. I said, first of all, we do. you don't call people homos. That's, that's to us, that's derogatory. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, but I hate them. I said, wait, well, then you, have, then you hate me because I'm a lesbian. And, right. and, and they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but I, I love you so much. And I said, no, you, you cannot love half of me. If you're going to love me and support me, you got to love and support everything. And that includes my life and who I choose to love. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, very, it, it hurts me. It, it, I have never been, in, at least in front of my face, been discriminated for being HIV positive, and I could tell you that. I have never been rejected. I have never had the stories of some people that their own family threw them out or, or that I... 
this close to someone and they were like, I can't date you because you're HIV positive. I have never had that, ever. And for this to be happening to me, I'm like, you know what? I guess I'm going to be an LGBTQIA or, you know, all those letters and access for that too, you know? <laughs> I have to be because, you know what? I'm, I'm against injustice and that's not right, you know, because God is love. I have the right, I have the right to love God. I have the right to choose the religion I want to practice, even if I understand that a lot of religions are not for us. But I believe we have to be in those congregations, in those places to educate at least some people. And that's what I do. At least with my priest, I have a good relationship with the congregation. They accept Lisa and I. I know there's pedophilia in in the Catholic Church. I know that they're against a marriage. But you know what? We need people inside to make changes. And I might not make a change, but that's that's just what I choose. This is my life. So I, I choose to be with Lisa. That is my choice. That I'm not disrespecting <laughs> no one by, by it. That's what, whatever happens in behind closed doors is my business. And, I, and I'm not going to hide her either to please other people. That's not right. Just like I'm not going to hide about being HIV positive either. You know, so it's like to me it's a double standard. You you you're for HIV, but you're against me and my lifestyle. No, that's you know you, you make a, you make an interesting point about lifestyle and things like that. It's and and I I really think that uh, and and just just so um, folks know, we are at quarter after ten. We've got fifteen minutes left of the show, and we are talking with Maria Mejia. And uh, she is an out and proud HIV-positive lesbian. And, um, and she's breaking down the, the barriers and she's breaking down walls. So um, if you want to give us a call, call us at uh, 347-215-9442. And um, <clears throat> 347-215. Oh, I accidentally said 34. Uh, it's uh, 347-215-9442, option one. And uh, we will bring you on the air to talk with Maria uh, if you have a question or or a comment. So, so Maria, um, we've been talking a lot about the stigma you face. We've been talking about uh, a lot of the great work that you're doing now. What's next in, in, in your chapter? What's the next chapter in your life, Maria? What's the next, next, next chapter? Um uh, you know, I writing a book. I'm in the process of that, even though um, I can't seem to get away from that childhood. I mean, I have to take pauses with it, but I believe that when it does come out, you know, God willing, it will be to me at least um, some uh, something that's going to be very, very um, deep, and it's going to help a lot of people, and not only in the HIV. Um, HIV um, aspect, but just in life in general with um, all the struggles that we go through. Um, I'm still blogging, you know, for The Well Project, The Girl Like Me, and for TheBody.com, and recently started with Until There's a Cure. Um, I'm also with the Gilead Fabric Program. I'm doing a lot of public speaking and, um, you know, just going to schools and universities and and just being, uh, uh, trying to be a good wife and 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 a good daughter and a be, the, a better human being each day. 
um, something very nice is going to happen for me in um, August, and the, I believe the 20th, with um, ADAP Advocacy. Um, I'm going back to D.C., and they're going to give me um, an award for 2011-2012 Social Media Activist of the Year. Oh, you're going to be there, Maria? Yes, you're going to give me an award. I'm actually, I'm <laughs> I actually a board member. I nominated. Yeah, I'm a board member for the ADAP Advocacy Association, so I'll be there you as know, well. I didn't, um, even, I didn't even know I was nominated. I was like, what? Because I wasn't planning to go on back on D- to D.C. anytime soon after that long conference. <laughs> how can I not go now? <laughs> well, I think that's but awesome. Was- congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. I, I, I really, it took me by surprise when Brandon um, inboxed me and he said that um, that uh, people got together and nominated me and that I won. And I was like, what? I didn't even know I was nominated. And um, <laughs> and it was just an honor. It, I didn't, look, I don't even need an award. Just to be nominated, just to save one person's life, just to have someone get tested, that's the biggest award for me. It's not about me. It's to, right. it's about people, you know, and that's what a lot of people also in activism, not everybody, but you know how it goes. I, I always talk about we should not tear each other down. We already have enough hate and discrimination in the world. If anything, us activists and advocates, we have to uplift each other um, and help each other because we, like I was saying in the beginning, we all have our method. We all we all have our own way, and um, I believe everyone is essential for this fight. So we cannot knock anyone's work. And a lot of people mis- have this mistake, or they mistaken that the the aspect of um, let's say with me, I'm very visible, you know, because I use my face, I use my my looks as a tool to attract and to educate. Because I attract people with my looks, and there's where I interject and I educate them. You see, that's my tool. And that's what I do when I go to schools and universities, because they don't expect me to be positive, because, I mean, that's how it really is. And I think that's awesome that you're able to see that, that you can use, you know, your physical look and, and, and attract people and use it. I think that's a great way. You know, and not everybody can do that. And for you to do it like that, I think it's amazing. You know, talking about you know, your beauty, you were just recently featured with our friend Nikki Lynn in a photo project. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Oh, the, that's a wonderful campaign. It's called the I Am Campaigner in Spanish, Yo Soy. And it's um, from um, um, Caitlin. Um, it's a photographer. She is a wonderful photographer, and um, she's trying to go global with it. It started in Argentina, and then she um, came to the U.S., uh, it was also launched in in the International AIDS Conference, and um, actually, when you go to the web, their website, you could hear the audio, at least from mine, it was in Spanish and in English about um, the different things that I am. Like, for example, I am a, I am a woman, I am a warrior, I am a fighter, I am a lover, I am a wife, you know, and in Spanish also. And another important thing that I'll regard. With um, also a documentary with the Penal Commission on AIDS that I was a part of. It's going to be a wonderful um, bilingual tool that they're going to launch globally. I was also launched in the International AIDS Conference, and I was very, very honored to be a part of that documentary. And, a, and it's an educational tool. So, I mean, that's 
to me was a huge honor for Guillermo Chacon uh, to even, you know, consider me to be part of that and and basically that's how it just that's just how it is. So so it brings me back to the point I was making. A lot of sometimes not everyone but you know, some people Oh, I'm tired of seeing her face, or I'm tired of um, hearing her story, this and that. Um, it's not my fault. They asked for it. I have to give it to them. You know, I, I cannot be invisible, especially as a Latina woman. We do not like to show our faces until our business. I have to show my face to take the stigma away, you know. And it's the reality. We are like, don't ask, don't tell. And I am. I have to be visible everywhere for the story to get heard because if I just put a story out there without my face or without a picture, it doesn't have the same power. It's For a story to have a picture added to it or or a variety of pictures, it gives much more power to that story. <clears throat> wow. Wow. So, you know, i, I got to tell you, we are, where are we at? We are literally down to the last six minutes of the show. And... This hour has flown by, <clears throat> including the the fact that we had some technical issues at the beginning. <laughs> um, so, so Maria, uh, there's actually a question coming out of the um, out of the uh, out of uh, out of the out of the, uh, the chat room, and I want to know. And, and the question is coming from Thomas Brinson, and he's asking. Um, you, because you were there in D.C. Right. You know, what was your opinion of the Hillary Clinton speech, and what was your opinion of the um, of of the of the whole thing overall? Um. Well, to me, it was. I'm. I'm not going to criticize Obama <laughs> for not being there personally, but you know what? I was. I felt as a woman so proud that Hillary Clinton was there and I believe that her speech was was very it motivate it was very motivating. It it it, rep, it represented very well at least the, the aspect of the government. Um I am pro Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying I'm against Obama but I believe that he should have been there. Overall the conference, um there has been somewhat some criticism um because a lot of um Let's say new research or or the focus that a lot of people wanted, which was you know about you know m- more having more sessions about you know w- what's going on with AIDS research and the cure and and things like that. It was kind of like more of like um, going over the things that we already kind of know. Especially as activists, we you know we we know pretty much know everything that is going on because media you know media is everywhere. Um, I believe that it was. Um, this conference was more of a, to me at least, in my opinion, it was like a symbol, a symbol of what Obama did lifting the ban for HIV-positive people to come, be able to come back to the United States because, we, you know, it was it was a ban before. And um, I, I the networking was awesome in the conference, and this is just a reality to get to know each other, all people from all over the world fighting for that same cause. And hopefully, you know, the message is, you know, turning the tide and, you know, getting to zero. Hopefully, you know, that is going to happen. But as I as I said in one of those panels that I've spoken, I believe that 
the way that we are going to have a HIV-free generation is through our stories. And like Phil Wilson said, we have to actually we have to come out of the HIV closet because the more we do, and the more people come out internationally and all over the world, the more we will humanize this illness the more that people will become educated about it because the reality is when people have fear about something, they look the other way. And with that comes ignorance and myths, you know. So, you know, overall it was a conference to meet for bonding, for, for networking, for, for you know, making stronger bonds with each other. And, um, and, and basically, you know, social media was touched a lot in that conference and I, I thought it was a, a good start. Right. Um, actually, we have a caller, so we only have a couple minutes left. I want to bring this caller on the air before we are off the air. So, caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello. This is Carly Davids. Um, I actually am a follower of Maria's on Facebook, and I've just been listening, and I just empathize with her so much over the situation of people turning, you know, she was saying there's so much stigma with HIV and people were fine but now that she is like talking about her sexuality, people are rejecting her and I just want to say that she's amazing and beautiful and she's doing a really good job because she's just inspiring so many people, you know? Totally. She's a great person. Oh, thank you. Where did you say you were calling from? Um, I'm calling from California. My name is Carly. Carly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for calling in and and make sure you like our show and and then come back and listen. Yeah, I like my page too, guys. It's called AIDS to Life. So give it a good go. Love it. Yes, I will definitely go there. AIDS to Life? Yeah. Okay, I will go check that out and I'll share the link in the chat room. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Thank you. Much love and light. Wow. Awesome that, um, that we got to have somebody call in and, and talk about that. So one thing I wanted to say to you, Maria, is I think you are phenomenal at what you do, and I'm sure Jeremy is thinking the same thing. You're beautiful, and everything that you do, I am such a fan of. So just know that you have two fans in your corner at all times. <laughs> I, I really, really, really appreciate that, and, you know, the feeling is mutual with both of you, and um. I'm just honored, you know, just to be in your presence and in Jeremy's presence, and I Aww. and I just I yeah, that's how I really feel, and I'm I'm very straight up, and I just, I wear my heart in my sleeve, you know, um, we're we're like brothers and sisters. That's how I see it. No, I absolutely agree. One big happy family. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I appreciate the support. What'd you say? That I, I really appreciate the support, especially today. That it has it has not been too much of a good day, but. Hey, so Maria, where can people find you at on on Twitter or Facebook? Because we're actually down to the last minute, so I just want to get your information out so people can find you. Okay, and Twitter is at Maria HIV, Mejia M E J I A. Um, my email is Maria HIV eleven eleven at yahoo dot com. My website is www.mariatimejia.com and Facebook is Maria HIV Mejia, also my last name. Um, and through the blogs, thebody.com, uh, the Well Project, A Girl Like Me, and Until There Is a Cure. Um, you can find uh, all of it. And also, um, if you don't have a support system or a support group to go to, I'm also found it too. 
large support groups here on Facebook from people infected and affected, and they're international, and um, there's one in Spanish and one in English. Anyone interested could just inbox me in Facebook, and I'll just add you immediately to to, to the groups. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us for the hour, Maria, and we hope you have a great night. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. And I'll come back when you get that book done. Of course. And no, and I'll see you soon in D.C. Yes, you will. Have a good night, honey. We okay, love you, Maria. Okay, have a good night. Okay, I love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What an awesome girl. So, again, you can find Maria on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Maria Mejia. You will find her. Jeremy, what a great show. What a great guest. Oh, it was it really was. And, and you know, I love Maria. Yeah, me too. How do you solve so a wanted, problem like Maria? There I go again. <laughs> so we want to thank everybody for tuning in and bearing with our technical difficulties that we had this evening. I'm glad we got it to all work out and all that. For more information on Jeremy Dunn, you can go to PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively Speaking with a Z. And more information on myself and the radio show and links to Jeremy as well, you can go to PositiveIM.com and um, – have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.